from HerbMentor.com. This is HerbMentor Radio. Okay, everyone. Um, happy day after Valentine's Day. <laughs> and uh, and um, the last time we did one of these calls was leading up to the release of Wildcraft, which was our board game um, that we released back in December. And uh, I was packaging up the, the games and uh, putting a deck of wild cards uh, in there in the uh, Big Learning Herbs Distribution Center, uh, which is also known as my garage. And then I thought... Uh, Duh, I should have interviewed Linda Runyon. Should I have not done that? And it took me about five seconds to think of the idea of just adding this on later as a bonus for you who purchased Wildcraft. So thanks, everyone, for doing that and purchasing that and supporting us. Um, so uh, just like we um, did back in November, I'm going to give away um, a cool prize at the end, but actually to three people tonight, not just one. So we're just going to go, why not? Let's we're going to do that. So um, hang on to the end of the call, and I also have some other really cool, exciting announcements. Um, so Linda Runyon uh, was a homesteader, and uh, for 13 years her family lived without indoor plumbing, electricity, running water, way out in the wilderness. And uh, it, was a, it, was in, uh, it was this way of life that Linda learned about using wild plants, uh, and uh, in her day-to-day uh, for diet and her medicine. And for years, she taught and has designed several very creative learning tools, including the wild cards, the deck of cards with the wild plants and their playing cards, and the book from crabgrass muffins to pine needle tea, both of which we carry here on Learning Herbs because um, they're just so cool. And, uh, and uh, one of her books called A Survival Acre, 50 Worldwide, Wild Foods and Medicines is now back in print at lulu.com, and I will go over all that later to tell you how you can get a copy of that um, toward the end of the call, some of the details of that. And uh, we'll get to all that later, Um, but for now, let's welcome Linda. Hey, Linda. Thank you, John. Can you hear all the claps? (laughs) They're all clapping at home, but they don't have to. But they they don't have to worry about um, you know. Um, doing the uh, you know doing the dishes or having the kids screaming in the background while they're listening because we can't. Yeah, it's wonderful. Gee whiz, I don't tell you when I came out of the woods, it was like it was like uh, you know coming out of a cave to, for the technology, and now living on the farm, it's similar. I mean, I'm seeing this tonight. <laughs> and it's uh, five degrees and two inches of ice. five below. Yeah. Five below. Wow. And you yeah. have six horses. You're boarding at your place now. Um, mm-hmm. South, in South Jersey, and um, and Jersey can be a cool place because I grew up there. <laughs> well, my I, daughter's here, and uh, she's a vet tech. She's a, she's an incredible gal that gives to our community a um, couple of hundred pets a, a day. I would say easy, mm-hmm. and um, I just felt that I really wanted to. Uh, when my parents here in Arizona passed on, I was on the desert about 13 years out there. And I learned an awful lot about surviving on the desert and have a great respect for the Hohokam and the Navajo and all the tribes I've worked with out there. When I moved back here, yeah, I just thought farm sounded like a good idea. Yeah. Well, when I, when I, uh, when I, um, found your book on the internet, the Crabgrass Muffins book, um, and I bought it like right away. I was excited. It's not only a recipe book, which is I've been was researching books like this, but it was also a field guide. I love the nutritional information. Thank and you. Look-alikes information, gardening ideas with wild plants, 
and some basic homesteading stuff. I mean, it was just it was just a very fresh approach and very different. You're just kind of putting your all your experiences in there. Hmm. And um, I think it's so, probably the nurse in me that got that all together, John. Yeah, to taking care of you. And so, um, so if you if one has such a resource, you know, how how can people wanting to get out there for the first time and make a dish with wild foods get started? Well, you really should start with something that's already familiar. Most of us know the dandelion. But did you know that about 10 of those leaves equal over a glass of milk and calcium? No. So you figure, you know, you can look at all these different things up in the book. It's, it's all in print. Um, you can figure if 10 of those leaves equal a glass of milk and calcium, and we need our calcium, then um, just incorporate it any way you want, from stir-fried to, chop, to chopped up to walked up to, um, you know, steamed to... Uh, uh, just about anyway. We make flour out of everything, John. We make F-L-O-U-R. Wow. So that you take the dandelion, and if you dry it, or you dry the violet leaves, or you dry the malva leaves, or you dry, you know, maybe 20 of those plants on your deck of cards or in the book, what you have is flour that's so high potent that you can take three or four tablespoons of that flour and add it to your Duncan Hines or whatever you have, you know, and you just wow. boosted your nutrition double. Now you're saying flour actually made from what, what, what's some of your favorite plants to make flour with, and how do you do? That? Um, probably lamb's quarters because it's a full meal. It's a it's a um, sort of a herby tasting, almost spinach tasting flour that's not it's not like the grass flowers, you know, like like they're light, like our regular flour, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, whole wheat flour. Um, you can make any grass into a flour, F-L-O-U-R. But um, the the leaves are herby tasting, and they're very high potent in vitamins. So we have like years supply of food down cellar. Of our, in our classes, we taste test and uh, stir fry and make little pita cakes, silver dollar cakes, and right. we add we add we add onions and raisins and whatever to it and make it different. Um, Nationalities, um, wow. yeah, we do, we do all that in our classes. So you're um, so when you're making the lamb's quarter flour, um, are you doing that from the seeds? The whole plant. Um, I see everything as the whole plant. When you take an herb book, it'll say a petal or a leaf or a seed or whatever. No way, Jose, in the woods <laughs> when you're out there gathering the way the way we did, you know, where where we were very tired most of the time, and I had to gather three meals a day and put them on, you know, in all kinds of weather. Right. And right, so you didn't like take the oh, let's see, you pick this in the fall or you take the seeds off of this. No, I oh, see the whole plant. So if you were looking at lamb's quarter seeds, for instance. Right. You you would have um, here I'm reading out of the book you'd have 350 calories in the seeds and this is a half a cup mm. and, and you would have um, 19.6 grams of protein in the seeds which is more than a steak a steak is about nine or ten really yeah and so no no this is this this can blow your mind real fast that's why I love to teach the military survival in a different way you know. Right. Um, calcium, 1,036 milligrams. Now, now you're looking at about, oh gosh, eight glasses of milk, eight ounce glasses of milk. In how many? Three hundred, a half a cup. So you don't want a half a cup of seeds. 
Do you see where I'm going with this? You you don't want a half a cup. You want <laughs> what what you want is the whole plant. So that when when in our book here we have the seeds and the uh, shoots broken down, the leaves and the shoots broken down. So there's your seeds way too high to be eating a half a cup. So I would eat the whole plant, say. And right. and the shoots go down a ways so that you have 324 milligrams of calcium. That's eight ounce. That's nine. Uh, let's see. That's about two glasses of milk, eight ounce. And um, it's 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 wonderful because you you don't think technically, John. What you think is this is the highest in nutrition in the world next to amaranth. Amaranth now, is the highest. Now that I'm taking this lamb's quarter, I, now just so everyone knows, I mean lamb's quarter. You, it's a, the genus name is Chenopodium. You can you can find it in Linda's book. You can find it in other books. It's it's a, some some one. And you should always cross reference pigweed. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Goosefoot. There's there's other names. Other things called pigweed too. That's why you want to go by the Latin name. Yeah. Don't just take uh, my book. Always cross reference. Um, so then uh, you find this. You know any garden farm. So I, I have this lamb's quarter. I picked it. I've gone down a little. I picked you know even some root maybe even uh, and I and I have this lot of it. What am I going to do? Like, how am I going to? Well, I look at the seeds. Now, John, you're a wilderness school in Revis Mountain Survival School on the desert. Mm -hmm. We'd start our day in Revis Mountain with a quarter cup of lamb's quarter seeds. Mm -hmm. Okay, we would add hot boiling water to the thermos bottle that night before, and a little bit of molasses, and -hmm. let it sit overnight. It's a gruel, and that gruel would take us three to four hours hiking. Wow. Okay, so I've never heard that before. When I when I see lamb's quarters, I have two garbage bags full of it down cellar. I would feed like three hundred people. Wow. So you I mean, putting, I'm not kidding. <laughs> what? Just putting just putting fresh seeds in a thermos, putting hot water in it, mm-hmm. letting it sit overnight. Yeah, and that's what we do. That's how we start our day. Like great camping food, even. Sure, because the energy is double and triple normal food. This is something people don't realize. With wild food, on my windowsill, for instance, it's dead of winter, but I only have curly dock, dandelion, and some mints. It's all I need because I have, I mean, that's not all I'm eating, okay? But in, in vitamins and minerals and stuff, those leaves are so high and so potent that I like to hydroponic them all winter. That, it tells you how to do that in the book, too. Wow. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, I'm just really late. <laughs> but I'm trying to get it out because it's really. <laughs> We're going to sell lamb quarters. It's so simple. No, it, it's so simple. When you see it as the whole plant, you, you don't start picking and, you know, uh, I mean, start thinking, oh, I, uh, when do I pick this one? The chickweed right now is all frozen, right? It's underneath right. all the ice up there. That chickweed is frozen, just like you took. Like heads of lettuce and froze them. They are right. still 100% edible. Right. Okay, we ate all winter long greens. We would dig down next to trees. Okay. We did and this constantly and ate chickweed, clover heads, dandelion, whatever was growing there that we could tell immediately was edible. Um, we would take it. We didn't eat anything that looked rotten or looked lousy. You know, we would eat the nice, fresh, frozen, I call them fresh, frozen leaves. And they're all right there. Now this whole world here is like frozen and, under my feet. And this is when you're living out in you the could live, setting. You could live in Alaska like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could. 
Wow. And so I just wanted, just for practical, I just wanted to finish that thought on the lamb's quarter because if you're making the flower, I mean, like, if when you're saying, what's this flower look like then? If you're taking this, it's fresh, very green. It and, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny story. I I called Henry Urist one time, who does the amaranth products you have on them in your all your health food shops, and, yeah. and he and I laughed about what I was doing. I called from Phoenix one time, right. and he said nobody was going to listen to me because it was green. His amaranth flower was white. It was bleach white. Right. <laughs> That's all I'm yeah, saying. I, mean, I like amaranth, you know. So, but, so it's just but, people um, need to expect that their flower is going to look like something differently than what they're buying in the exactly. grocery. Exactly. And right. then they can cut that with some other things. Exactly. And, and, and what's funny is 1947, during the war, uh, I have proof of all this of writing. I've lost track of half of the files. But uh, they literally made clover cookies for the soldiers. I understand that they had them on railroad trains. They had uh, green flour, which wow. was made into cookies and given to the soldiers. Wow. And you can take it back to George Washington. I also heard, like, in World War Who II. Who 50,000 alive. Huh? Right, in World War II in Italy when uh, yeah. people would leave pots of dandelion soup out on the... In the, in the and we all have grandparents that do that, you know. We'll stop, stop, eat this, eat that. What, what's happened to us? Why, you know, we sort of like my, floated my, off from our feet. My great grandfather, if you uh, would pick uh, in Philadelphia, would pick dandelion greens in the park and mm -hmm. take them home and cook them up. Yeah, you know, yep. and that was, I mean, that was a while ago. But well, know. he was drinking. He was dr <laughs> literally drinking milk without all the curd that bothers you. Mm -hmm. You know, he, the goodness he was getting. So, so you talked about lambs quarter. We talked about chickweed, and 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 some folks here know that if they've done like an herbal medicine, make kids on the roots and branches. Of course, that we I have people um, just make a simple uh, stir fry with some dandelion roots, or they can choose to make a little chickweed, uh, you know, salad up, or even have a chickweed pesto recipe on the website. You can go and oh yeah, um, chickweed wonderful and pita cakes and stuff too. Yeah. What and what what other uh, what what are a couple other of the most nutritious wild foods? Well, out out west in Arizona, for instance, we had at certain times of the year, we, we were waiting in our Malva. Mm -hmm. um, it's called Malva Neglecta. Mm -hmm. And here in our lawns in New Jersey, we try and get rid of it, as you try and get rid of dandelion. Out west, it was the largest green that grew in, in great abundance. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was hysterical laughing because there was enough there for the world. And then I saw it in Kuwait around all the swimming pools when they were eating their dogs. Okay, and it was like four feet high, six feet high. Wow. Right? Well, I take them, I put them in um, ice cube containers. First, I put a little salsa, mm -hmm. and then I put the malva leaf, mm -hmm. and then I'll put a little bit of a teaspoon of refried beans, vegetarian, without the lard, and then I freeze them, and I pop them out. When somebody comes for lunch, I just put them in a little container. Oh, well, yeah. Good. Well, you do this with violet leaves. You do them with amaranth leaves. You do them with plantain. You, you take your deck of cards and anything that's large, you can do the same thing. And oh. you can fill it with whatever you'd like. Some people right. do, yeah, potatoes and stuff and whatever. But um, it's a fun, quick way to eat wild food. Highly nutritious, full of iron, malva. Right, right. And that's, um, is that the one people call a cheese weed or something? Or? Yes, they do. And those little cheese weeds, oh yeah. boy, are they good. We put them in, in, um, eggs, those of us that aren't vegan. We, 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 um, stir fry them. Oh, I see. 
Mm-hmm. And they're fun to get children interested because they want right. to get, they want to, they want to focus on something very tiny like that. It's really fun. The kids will love to pick those little seeds. Well, coming up here, um, I, I just saw the other day poking their heads up right here where, where I live in the Pacific Northwest is uh, the stinging nettles. Oh my gosh, you got the source of protein. I know. So oh, wow. Um, tell, me your, tell me what you have to tell us about nettle and nutrition. Also, a couple of ways you like to prepare it. Well, first of all, I never, uh, I call it attack a nettle without uh, tongs. Always use tongs. And I used to I used to cut down, if it was a whole stand of nettles, I would cut down, of course, I'm in the woods type thing uh, back there, and I'd have to bring it home and prepare it, not just sit there with the bears and try to prepare it and pull things off. I, I literally, because I had a lot of bear around me, I, I would take two large nettle plants, lay them down like a railroad track, mm-hmm. and then i take the other nettles from the base, and this all you need is a pair of gloves and, and a knife to do this, put them across the railroad track, then you pick up those two with your gloves and you walk off. You have like several, you know, weeks of meals right there. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd bring it home and I'd pull off all the nice young leaves and I would wash them real well and then I would chop them up fine. And I would add a little bit of onion. Mm-hmm. And um, if I had olive oil, I would add a little bit of that. And what I would do is make a cake. I would press it together and make a hamburger. They were called nettle hamburgers. They're in my book. And wow. um, you can do this with any of the lettuces or the wild lettuce or you can, or even dandelion. You can make and you fry them on either side. Now and they're can... delicious. The amount of energy in that is amazing. And that being protein, it's very amazing. And it's very high in protein. Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they say, I've heard that around where I live, the native people, didn't even really eat the nettles because there were, they had so much protein from the salmon and fish that the other fish that they were eating. Right, around. right. It's really interesting considering there is a native nettle here, you know. And wow, so, you're lucky to have it. You should harvest. Well, we you should harvest it and either freeze it just in little ziplocs, you know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. or just steam it very briefly, even 20 seconds, mm-hmm. and um, press it into into flat. Ziplocs. That's the way I harvest, so I can have like a thousand meals in a tiny little freezer. And that's a wow. That, that's a great. Let's say it's blanching, in other words. Yeah, right? it's in, it's in the book how to make the most out of your tiny little freezer. That is that is see great. Um, what we do is we um, will just say okay, nettle time. We got late February to um, you know late May. It'll starts flowering, mm-hmm. and then um, when you can kind of you know. You, but then, you, then you can, then you, John, then you can harvest it by just opening up your uh, your, your paper bag and taking a pair of scissors and clip off the uh, the new young parts. You know, we, we keep harvesting, and every time we come back with we huge ba- garbage bag full. We'll oh, dry, you're great! You want we'll a few people? Half, we'll draw half, and the other half we'll make something with. Like, oh, you guys are great. Or, or stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's usually what we'll what we'll do with the, with the nettles, and we'll just keep eating it and eating it and eating it, and just about like everything until they. A family can stay absolutely alive with about six different plants, honestly harvesting them. We figured all that out. What I could write, plants? yeah, I could write that as a book, but I, I think that's really. Well, tell us what those six plants are, since we're too deep. Oh, oh. <laughs> I knew you'd ask me. Now I got to think. I know amaranth is is one. Okay, so you got two amaranth plants. We did this on the desert, which was really hard to do. 
we, we found two amaranth plants and harvested them constantly. Mm-hmm. And then two lamb's quarters. So now you have your highest in nutrition. Mm-hmm. Then Malival, which was the highest in iron. Mm-hmm. And um, let me finish on the desert here, and that, that way we'll get um, a, a sort of a comparison to the east. Okay, so you have uh, amaranth, you have the lamb's quarter. I, I am thinking as quickly as I can. <laughs> I'm getting old. You have, um, let's see, it's, oh, purslane, mineral. Oh. Uh-huh. Minerals. Now, out east here, it's chickweed. You, right. you can find purslane, but um, out yeah, west, you have mats of it. Yeah. So, uh, the, in the Middle East, that little, well, I don't think you have that book, but it's, it's, a, it's gone now. It's out of print. But it's um, a Middle Eastern book I wrote for the Kurds when they were pinned down. Um, purslane is like the highest in minerals in a small amount. Hmm. Okay, so 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 minerals and nettles. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you you can find all this in the nutrition area. Uh huh. Thistles very high in minerals. Just uh, like Canada thistle. All your thistles, all edible. Every single thistle, you name it, it's edible. In Norway and Denmark, they take the little little buds and they literally freeze them like peas. You can buy them in the store. Wow! See all these wild foods and. Different parts of the world, people part of people's regular diet. That's what makes me so upset because we here in this country, we're having we're the ones that are having food possible terrorism, right? right. right. We're the least knowledgeable in what's right. free under our feet. Right. That's very upsetting. The better ones get down off a camel, well, just, and they will farm. You know. It's just a matter of free. It's also a matter of nutrition. I mean, the, 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 even a lot of the store-bought organic vegetables these days, they're not grown on really good soil. You know, where it's, it's because the time it takes. I know. Yeah. Well, the time it takes us to go shopping, John, is the same amount of time that it would take me to gather six weeks' supply of food. Right. So when I get my car and drive off, oh, don't get me going. Yeah, get her, get her going. It's, get her it's, going. No, don't get me going. You don't want to get me going. Oh, You're asking for it. No way. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Comfort class someday. <laughs> I had two Navy SEALs live with me for 10 days once. They came for two. They ended up 10 days. That was a lot of fun, and I won't go into that. But it was really, really wonderful. That was a lot of fun. I won't go into that. <laughs> I think, no, no, I didn't mean it that way. I think, no, they call me. We, we're old friends now. It's been 12 yeah. years, I guess. Um, but that's how my cards finally got to Brigade Quartermasters. But, yeah, wild card, yeah. so everybody knows, gets distributed uh, to, a lot, to a lot of military. She sells a lot to the military. Yeah, and they're the same price as what John's doing, so. Don't think about it. <laughs> I'm sure they won't mind. But my my premise is that if you give an Iraqi family a deck of free food, of what they're walking on, you've right. given them something. So then, because does, the deck of, does the deck of cards cover pretty much worldwide? Ninety ninety percent is in every country of the world. Wow. That they gave me two years to make that deck, and gave me twenty two lines. Per cart, I researched that thing in the biosphere, which I was consultant for mm-hmm. at West, that city under glass. And yeah. It was really cool because I, I got to meet a lot of people from Kuwait and places like that, and, you know, professors, and learned a lot and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and learned that they already knew all these things. 
And that really irritated me further to get this book that you have done and out, you know. And Dr. Duke, um, being the best herbalist in the world, um, he did the research for the uh, nutrition part of it. Oh, is that where you got that? Yeah. He's the best there is. So they actually went and did, you know, chemistry. Oh, yeah. Half a cup and analyzed it. Wow. That took almost two years to produce that, yeah. That wheel was the first thing, and then that, that went by, and I put it in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you put it in the book. Okay, exactly. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, but, it, it, you know, you talk to talk to him, and he, it's the same. It's the same when we go to that place you don't want us to go to. <laughs> it's unbelievable, you know. It's just unbelievable um, to me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So for people now, here's the thing. I, I got you know some questions in from people, and uh, just so you know, people, a lot of folks who come to our website and you know, mm-hmm. get our kit and, and subscribe to our newsletter are uh, folks just like we're talking about. They're 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 just you know awakening, discovering, and as you know, uh, in the very beginning of of learning about plants, that it's very overwhelming. It's very confusing. oh yeah. That's that's so, another reason why I what, like to... What I, I want to ask you then is, um, and this comes from Claudia. Claudia asks. Okay. What advice do you have for someone just beginning the journey in herbalism? Mm-hmm. Keep it very simple and pick one plant and run it right through the food chain, either dandelion or clover mm-hmm. or violet leaves, something that you know instantly, you've got good pictures of, and you know that that someone, you know, several of us say you can eat. Keep it very simple. But follow that one plant right through the food chain. Dig it and put it in water on your windowsill. Watch it grow. Clip the little leaves off. Put them in your eggs or your stir fry. Mm-hmm. I do this all winter. Mm-hmm. Um, keep, keep that nutrition in front of you and in your system. And go slow when summer comes and you can gather a lot of it. Follow that one plant. Make flour out of it. Uh, you know, in the book it, it tells you how you should do it, you know, do it easy for yourself. Um, not make it complicated. Store it. Have it in front of you. Take a teaspoon of it. Put it in your other recipes. In other words, you take that one plant and follow it through until you're sick of eating that one plant. Then go on to another one. It, nothing is more overwhelming than sitting in the woods the way we did. I was sent up by my husband then, who's still living up there in Indian Lake, ex-husband, and every day I was given an hour to sit there on a log and figure out what I could eat. And mm-hmm. my nurse's training helped me a great deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit more complicated than that, the way I, I trust myself, you know, I... Uh, to 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 pick a certain plan, I kept seeing it over and over and over again. It would jump right out and look at me and oh my, eat me, eat me! I know you can. Don't ever do it. Mm-hmm. Bring it down to the place. Look for two, look in two or three picture picture uh, things. But if you start with something simple like dandelion, you have several different types of dandelion. They look just like dandelion, but there are other dips, types of wild lettuce. Chicory looks a lot like dandelion. Or um, Yeah. So you want to just pick something like red clover that you can't miss. You've got a red clover ball of flour. You've got the red clover and 
know that the Japanese children are sent down to the to the uh, marketplaces to um, get the best bunch of red clover for the stir fry for the day, so that you really, really have run that plant into your mind and into your recipes and into your storage. Then go on to another one. You will never be complicated that way. You will always just like your that one plant is coming out and you're seeing it. And if you develop that skill, you're safe everywhere you stand. And you just take it one at a time. That's and, correct. You know, and, and just, just don't do what I did in the Buddhist ashram in the Catskills. I, I must tell you, uh, I made the biggest faux pas in the world. Anyone listening, right, right, I apologize right. a million times. I have been constant, and this will be good. This is good redeeming for me, too, to say this. But uh, I was sent to get the plants for a family. I fed a family for a week. I had them feed themselves for a week. And um, it was wonderful because we devised all sorts of new recipes and new ways to use things. But I kept noticing where I was going to get these things that the plants seemed larger than any place else I had ever seen. Well, I was gathering plants from sacred ground that the Brahma Maya from India had cordoned off and said, don't anyone ever eat, or not eat, don't ever pick from this area. And I'm bringing down the biggest clover heads you've ever seen. And we're frying them, and oh my goodness, the things I did, and I didn't realize it. And when when I was finally asked, because it never dawned on the family where I was getting these things mm-hmm. from, that's when and I found out I'd made the worst faux pas you could make there. So then, besides not picking, you know, besides asking first when when you're in an odd ashram, yeah, oh <laughs> please, other, what other what oh, other things? Please, people yeah. When people are out and they're saying, okay, I want to work on clover, I want to work with dandelion, what are a couple of different tips or things he was We We literally cordoned, all my students, when I started out in the early 70s, -hmm. what I did, we cordoned off a part of the lawn that we knew the dogs didn't go or the cats didn't go. Mm -hmm. We literally took string and stakes and staked two by two by two feet. Mm. Now, this sounds silly. But let me tell you, I can feed, what did I feed, 200 people off of 10 feet. Now, John, you know I could do this. I was given six weeks. Out of 10 feet, picking every day the clover, the dandelion, the plantain, I froze everything, okay? Mm -hmm. And then we devised all sorts of stir fries and everything. We fed 200 people in Indian Lake. This is well documented. Wow. The fact is it made Ripley's. Believe it or not, 1987. Wow. Yeah. You keep coming out with these little bits of your history here that are pretty. Oh amazing. gosh, I'm living in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Working on the biosphere to. Uh, but that, well, what I'm trying to say is too. Not with your with your harvesting <laughs> skills. Um, I don't mean to be like going back, but I mean it's like two by two by two feet. You can simplify your life by picking out all the edibles out of there, and just sticking with that. Something that I tell people, and um, which you could, you know, maybe, you know, in, in this day and age when people are looking out for, uh, you know, because a lot of t- times I'm teaching people who are in cities, stuff like that, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, but in Seattle, in this area, even if you live in a city, you're, you're within an hour from um, plenty of organic. Oh, oh, farms. Seattle! I just came and, back from there and, last year. And the, and and these uh, and these organic farms that are out here. Yep. Just love when you come and. Oh sure! Many times we've de-weeded, 
I, I took a, a group of 10 people once, and we de-weeded so the farmer wouldn't use pesticides. He says, if you can get all the stuff out, fine. I won't use it. And by gosh, we did it. Wow. Around my daughter's, well, around my daughter's house, yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, I just have to find enough people like yourself. <laughs> find enough crazy people who want to eat the weeds. Whatever. <laughs> um, uh, you know, uh, Lynn, um, uh, Megan from Massachusetts asks, um, what does, uh, what had, okay, so she what does, uh, wants to know how you feel the best way is to discover wild edible plants in an area that you're not familiar with other than using a field guide. So if you're, say, from New England and got lost in the Nevada. That plant, that, that plant deck of cards is, you're perfectly safe with it. Anywhere you okay. are. Anywhere so, you are. It's the quickest, easiest way to. Mm. Yeah, so you can even find things in the desert. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Half those pictures on the cards we took on the desert. I did it to prove it to the Middle East. I'm not fooling you, because I work with the Curtis Museum in New York. No, I'm not fooling you. They are, they are just anywhere that there's any moisture. Well, let's say she doesn't have the deck of cards on her. What, which, what should she look out for? Let's, uh, you know, what, what, what? Okay, well, if you are out, out without anything whatsoever, okay, uh, you must at least memorize your foraging rules. Now, the foraging rules you have in everything I've ever written, um, I came up with them uh, in the woods in that hour. Mm -hmm. And the first thing you do is to look at that plant, okay, break off a piece of it and smell it. Mm -hmm. Don't eat it, but smell it. Mm -hmm. Then the second thing you do, if it smells good, okay, continue. If it doesn't, forget it, walk away. You have to learn to link yourself with that piece. People are quite far out of it kind of thing. I notice sometimes, um, especially if you smoke too much or whatever, and and you can't smell it. Well, you keep crushing that leaf till you can, mm-hmm. okay, until you say, yes, I like it. No, I don't. I could eat that. Then start there. Yes, I could eat it. Then take it and do not put it in your mouth and eat it. Um, the Native Americans say, take a little piece and chew it. I fight with them all the time. I've been many times. You take it and rub, crush it up real good and rub it over your teeth on your gum. Mm. If it doesn't burn, itch, swell, or something, and you wait 20 minutes, mm-hmm. okay, and link yourself with your own gum, does it itch? Does it burn? Mm-hmm. Does it anything? And um, if it doesn't do anything, then don't eat it yet. Put it in a little cup, add boiling water, and sip it real slow. Mm-hmm. Just a little piece of the leaf. Now, that's pretty foolproof. If you have anything at all that is toxic to you, mm-hmm. either either your gum line will show it. If it's, if it's poison hemlock, let's face it, you, you will wish you were not here because you, you will be very nauseous, extremely nauseous. How very, much does it take of that to die? I mean, you Quarter know, inch. Quarter inch of you got it, hemlock. and, you're, and you how, got how, it. Long, how long does it take for you to go? I pressed <laughs> a thousand of them underneath plastic a thousand times and given them to school. That's all. Wow. Uh huh. Wow. Because it's that lethal. How do people know that? Have you have you or anyone actually witnessed anyone die from a quarter inch of poison? I read every. <laughs> I think I read every account, John, and I've had okay. to. And I'll tell you how else I know. Thank God it wasn't one of my students because I have yeah. a whole thing on it and slides and everything. In the book, there's a whole chapter there show, showing you of how to know the difference. 
I just tell people stay away from white umbels, white white exactly. flowers. Yeah, to stay away from it until, you, until you're practically a botanist. Yeah. Right, and then, then you're not going to make it. Even wild carrot and Queen Anne's lace, just unless well, you're totally sure, stay away. John, wild carrot, wild carrot is on my windowsill in water growing. It has a fuzzy stem. If you yeah. could remember that it has hair on the stem, the food has hair on the stem of the white ombel, mm-hmm. white flower, then you're okay. Mm-hmm. The only exception that, that I, I talk about is yarrow. Now I'm complicating things, so you know it's better that people just stay away from the white ombel yes. plant. Yes. Period. Jersey Back to your dandelion and clover and your nettles and your right. malva. Only what you know you're not making a mistake. And clover. use a good uh, yeah. wild food recipe book like. Right. Know. Don't go any further with mustards or anything until you've become really good with those, say three or four, of familiar plants. Then you'll never be comp- Then you'll never get whirled out about it. Oh, when you learned all this, like because I had you know, to. When I started, when I I started learning, I, did, I, did, I had it. Te- <laughs> I, you know, I, I could sign up for workshops. That's the day. That's the era that I when, or that I started learning. Now, when you were learning all that, I mean, when you started, like, what? what, what how okay. Many were there books? I now, start, how uh, now, now I uh, back me up to a baby. I was tethered to a tree in Indian Lake, New York. My right. mother waited tables. I wrote this, it introduces that book. I, I, she waited tables for 100 people, and um, that, these were the days, you know, 70 years ago, <laughs> where they had Fusion Roebuck padded harnesses. And I noticed people use them today once in a while. And anyway, make a long story short, I was always told to take those weeds out of my sweater. I would stuff them up my wrist part. And when I was hungry, I ate. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, John, I could remember the difference. Between red clover, when I was two years old, and still tethered to the tree, I, on and off, I can remember the difference in the taste of that red clover mm-hmm. to the white clover. They're different, you know. They're they're both clover, white and red, but the flowers taste different. Mm-hmm. And I can remember yarrow having a very different stimulant thing to it, the little chipmunk's tail in the grass. Mm-hmm. And I can remember grass tasting different than any of them. It's quite amazing if you just take two feet and delve into it. And just take delve into two it. Two feet at your garden, and you delve into everything in there. What, take out the poisons as you go along. What is this? Oh, it's spurge. All right, take it out. You, you know, know what I'm what? saying? And your yeah, garden can be two feet. and You can't get exactly. complicated that way. No, it is exactly. And you don't even really have to garden. You'll just kind of do it on its own. And we have to make ourselves safe. Because that way we're safe. You know, it's, I, it's somehow to tie in this question. As a um, Sunny um, asks um, out in um, Minnesota, I think, and mm-hmm. um, works with uh, doing a lot with wild foods. Has a, has a wild foods blog or website. Oh. And, uh, I've had. Sunny, yeah, I don't. Go, I just. I'm at some point. As wild food foraging becomes popularized, well, you know, I know how popular, and I think it needs to be more popular, probably. Um, so she wants, um, he wants, uh, Sunny wants to know um, how to suggest we ensure that the resources are managed well, and also, do you advocate some kind of wild food foraging certificate recognized by state parks, national forests? Enabling qualified people to harvest on public. Oh, I almost got arrested in the park. My friend Stephen Brill got arrested. <laughs> Where's your answer, Sonny? 
<laughs> no kidding. He, 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 oh my gosh. And then Mira Koch, we, we fed Mira Koch in New York and about 400 other people. Uh, it took four days preparation. I've never scrubbed so many roots in my life over a bathtub. Uh-huh. And, uh, we, we, we fed like, oh my gosh. And Mira Koch was one of them. And when Stephen got arrested from, uh, eating the dance line, they slapped the handcuffs on him. Oh yeah. Cause he was eating the bark. Yeah, yep. so Steve, it's a wild man. Stephen Brill wrote a big book, big thick uh, wild edible book, and uh, so oh, go so on his website for wild food information. He's incredible. He's got a great website, and um, and uh, and so you were with him when that happened. Um, no, I worked with him um, on the dinner before he got arrested, uh-huh. and then after he got arrested, he he called me. I was already a friend of his, and um, I was running the Ringing Institute when I came out of the woods. They opened up the institute to make money on me uh-huh. <laughs> on whatever and it, it it was quite an experience for me to come out of the woods and have a corporation you know and it, <laughs> i i ended up <laughs> it's a long story and it's in the book it's logged in the book and it was great because i was given rooms to fill and a root room and a tree room and a bush room and you you could it was a museum to wild food is what it was and i would like to see that in every town i would like to see a wild food walk where everything is planted, and I've done several of those, 10 or 11 of them. And uh, the one in Jersey here grew too fast for me to make knives. I needed a crew of about 10 people to keep that thing right. It, wow, it's yes, just... amazing to think if everyone could imagine what it would be like if every town had, uh, you know, yeah, in a that's right. local parks, uh, wild food gardens right. people could see. And maybe everyone listening here could get out and make that happen in their town. Well, in my book, it'll tell you how to do it. That's my next yeah, book. And you does, and it does, and and uh, wild food walk book. The, the um, Grass Muffins. You know, you have a a you know example garden structure. Yeah, um, it's you know, the same have, plants. It's dandelion. You put in three dandelion plants, you'll have a hundred of them. In yeah, six oh, yeah. weeks, you have you have a filled in two by two section of every single thing you put in there. I got to tell you a story. I, I, uh, there was a time when, uh, when I was a teenager, that I was hired and paid uh, in landscaping, and where I was uh, poisoning all the dandelions, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, then, and then things turned years later to, and then I, and then I thought of that one time when I was out there, and occasionally, you know, if I had some extra dandelion seeds, I call it a, um, you know, gorilla, gorilla gardening, and I'll go. <laughs> John, I have gotten a call. Guy was arre- being arrested in Chicago for having um, wild food uh, grow in his yard because he he was like yourself and he let the wild lettuce grow like you know six feet tall and harvested it. Right. Well, they were going to arrest him, and and in Arizona too, it's a five hundred dollar fine if if it's over eighteen inches. So wow. yeah, it's in the book. I I stuck it in there just just hope, hopefully we'll we'll ward off this kind of thing. As right. long as you put around what you're allowing to grow, something that shows that you're allowing to grow it that it is a garden. You put mm-hmm. rocks around it. You put mm-hmm. boards around it. You can call it a garden. Mm-hmm. Now the Department of Agriculture in Arizona gave me permission to do that on people's mm-hmm. lawns. Where they were fining them for letting the lawn grow and eating the weeds. Well, you know, I, I would, you know, to, to get back to Sonny's question a little more too, which we're still kind of uh, around, you know, in the, on that subject. Um, 
You know, I, I don't, I don't really see a need for. Well, you know, I think with wild food foraging, if there's some things that you're doing on public land, like at least in Washington, they do. You can go and get permission to do like safety. Okay, but see, see, there's problems with liability connected with that. Yeah, exactly. You see where everything's going. Everywhere I look, I, I mean, it's, I'm just appalled. Okay, but it's going there, right? So you have to ward that off. Um, yeah, it's better if you have all the... All the you don't want it, you know, somebody to sue whoever's field you're in, you know, if they got into something bad. They would well, turn know, around. And, and, and let me let me <laughs> say here that, that it's about, you know, relationships. So, like, um, a lot of the plants we're talking about here are, um, you know, you're growing, growing local farmland, organic farmland, wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can, um, you know, establish a relationship with that farmer and get to know them, um, oh, your teachers, you go along too. It's wonderful. It's a good thing to know the farmers and know the people, and then they, and then nobody's going to worry about any kind of liability issues and things like that. I know. Um, you know I know. So, so it's possible. I know things like that do happen, and it's an issue to think about. But it's you know we need you don't need to be scared about it. I think it's just really it's just a matter of being smart, talking to people, whoever's land it is, and um, the noise you might hear is me throwing wood in the heat later here. Oh, okay. Hang on. I mean, I, if I don't... <laughs> it is five below. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so um, you know, I, I, I just wanted to just talk a sec here about... Um, I, I, I just picked up off of Lulu.com a survival acre book, and it's um, this 40, about 44 pages here, and it's eight and a half by 11. And what's really interesting here is this how simple you keep it. And, well, and and you otherwise out. you don't do it, you know. Right. And, exactly. and to me, I would not. I'd have been dead in the water. Uh, it, it, I mean, I don't want anybody going through what we went through. It, it what we went through was total, total. Oh. Yeah. We, we went through until I simplified it with saying, okay, I'm going to follow foraging rules on one plant every few days. Right. Well, I ended up with the deck of cards, and I ended right. up with survival acre. Right, exactly. So they've got you got a simple these herbs are simply laid out um and and it has a little layout map of the property and it's repeated again and again just showing you what parts of the field or a garden or swamp or in the woods. That was my house, my first house when I came out of the woods. And then there's um you know drying stuff, there's uh um there's uh, various all kinds of tips and things um you know from pick Pickling, I, I'm looking forward to trying to pick. I've pickled bird eye plenty of times, but I haven't pickled cattail or fiddle. Oh, my son used to eat that. Oh, my goodness. So oh, he eat the whole yeah. jar of pickles. Staple teas. You have a yeah. high nutrition list, which lands quarter thistle, pigweed, which is yeah, um, uh, plantain, blue aster, dandelion. Mm. You have highest vitamin C source, rose hips, wood sorrel, bracken fern, thyme, yarrow. But see, see now already there are there are people that right away going, oh, I, what's he talking about? It's too much. I can't I can't deal with it. Right. Say for instance that you had picked for your plant mm-hmm. cattail. I mean that's an odd one to pick, yeah. but say for good one to pick. Yeah, so a supermarket in a plant right there. Right. So you go all the way down to the pickle, to the piss in the middle, you know. Uh, the other the other uh, summer, this last summer, we fed a whole school of 80 kids just the piss, mm-hmm. just the center part of cattail. Mm-hmm. Sunflower has a piss to it, too. Mm-hmm. And we grew, all of us grow sunflowers, big sunflowers. 
And so the kids came over and busted off all my sunflowers, and we took them back and we split them open, and we had all this white foam like in the middle, and it's extremely nutritious. Really? Yeah, sunflower. Oh, my gosh, on Arizona desert, that was one of the foods that the Apaches love that, that my friends, yeah. And eat it raw? Or? Yeah, uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a that's a uh, one that is wild uh, in desert areas. Oh, another good desert. Yeah, that's another good one. That's wild, and I should have thought of that. I just I've been out now for what nine years. Nine years. And so I'm back to the green mm-hmm. era here, but it's been nine years I've been back. But um, now here's a question. Speaking of green, that someone asked, which is a. Uh, um, you know, and you, uh, probably every plant walk you've done and you've shown nettles, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm guessing that every there's always one person in the group that 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 has an opinion of a different plant that you didn't hear about before about how to take care of the nettles thing. <laughs> That's your. Oh. <laughs> oh, I heard you could use this. I heard, but but uh, this question here um, is asking. How did nettles help the nettles thing? <laughs> it's because you hear that too. You can use nettles. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, there's whole books on it. Okay, there's whole books. Uh, in, in the, in, in my English friends, they use nettles for a million different things, and they even use nettles to um, um, uh, whack on a person. Let's say, for instance, your arthritis is on your on your uh, knees, so they literally um, hit the knees, stinging them over and over and over again with a nettle plant. What they're doing is bringing a blood rush to the area, unbelievable. Well, then how does... From the sting, okay? If you have a sting, then how does, you know, rubbing, the, you know, say crushing up a nettle leaf and rubbing it on the sting, how does that help? I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to ever myself do that. That wouldn't make sense to me. Yeah, I, I've never really done that either, and I know people always say that. And see, for me, I've harvested so many nettles that, that, uh, that, that the sensation doesn't bother me at all, so I don't mind it. Um, right. And, and, and if you're approaching the plant respectfully and working with it and picking mm-hmm. it and, and mm-hmm. being aware and attentive. That's you're, all different. Don't yep. get caught off guard and get a sting where you're like, whoa. That kind yeah. Of thing. You get mm-hmm. you you pick it and you feel a sensation and when you're mm-hmm. done you're a little numb on the fingers and that night it's like you wash the dishes and you're like oh this is neat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but other than that I don't really it doesn't bother me you know so that's why I don't even wear gloves when I pick <laughs> I just pick them. Oh up. my gosh you got it oh not me <laughs> I have to stay closer in contact. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> um, I like aloe. I think everyone should have aloe vera in their house. You can get it in the supermarket, you know. You yeah, can buy, yeah, yeah. You can get it in the supermarkets and, and always have some in, in your house growing. I have paint bowlers here, and um, they whack each other with paint bowls all the time. And they they know to come up to the house and get an aloe ice cube because all I do is scrape the gel out of it. This is in the book how to do that, Joe. Um, you scrape the um, gel out and, and you freeze it. So they plunk it on their welt, and it reduces the welt immediately, both the aloe does and the ice. So the combination of the two will stop any burn whatsoever. 
Uh, yep, and that's a good way of doing doing that. I yeah, I, everybody I, should have some in their house. I remember it's not that a mystery. I got it's seriously it's, made fun of by my brothers, by my by a roommate, my friend of my brothers, and I was living in Maryland for making jewelweed ice cubes and keeping them in the freezer. Oh, I love jewelweed. Oh, that was one of my favorites. I did that for obviously for poison ivy, mm-hmm. and they would be like, "Oh, John's." Uh, What's this? What's this in the freezer? And then, I don't know. I was making fun of me all the time. But hey, I didn't have poison ivy when I was out in, out in the woods. Um, so uh, you know, we're getting near the end of the call. I'm gonna have some announcements and things. Okay. And okay. I guess I'd like to ask you one more question, one more big question here. So, you know, on staying healthy, um, what is your view? On taking, on using herbs for health, learning about herbs, or studying nature, connecting with nature, that kind of thing. Just uh, what's your, what's your? Well, um, I, you you might find me going around the robin's horn with something here, That's but I'm I'm talking, I'm I'm tell, I'm saying something that I've said in many classes. Well, you've okay? got a lot of wisdom and a lot your, of your primal root is the gut part that can keeps me going up to the barn and or keeps the bicyclist pushing, Lance Armstrong pushing, whatever. It's the primal route that we are trying to reach through exercise and or many other ways, okay? This subject, to me, once a person has cracked the surface of it, mm-hmm. it can reach your primal roots faster. Herbs are herbs while food are herbs. Mm-hmm. Half of that deck of cards is herbs they're not just the basil the 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 you know these things that we that we buy as an herb to look at it as a food i eat the basil leaves because i know what's in them i i eat a strip of an oregano or oregano piece off you know and just chew it down because i know what i just chew down it's an antibiotic really it works real well and um we need we need to 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 as I say start with one plant and when you develop these skills that you're doing every day make yourself go out now and and look at your clover again what else can I do with it how else can I fix it you're on your knees you're picking you're reaching your primal roots and we watch it on television as entertainment for goodness sakes. To me, that's how we stay healthy, is to 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 do something out there, you know, whether it be bicycling. Now, take take my son, who's a bicyclist. He he stops and eats lunch along the side of a field. He knows what. I mean, he's in the woods with me, of course, but I mean, he knows what he can take and chew up. What if every athlete knew how they could get their energy without having it in a bag with cellophane around it? Yeah. Or out of a out of a can that they can only carry a couple of them on their bikes. Right. You just a handful of clover leaves is going to give you as much energy. You know, this is all provable. Right. And so, so wherever you are in your lifeline and what you enjoy, this is reaching your primal roots in a very very healthy way. And herbs are number, as far as I'm concerned, they should be part of everyone's life. Children, it's a natural thing. Exactly. exactly. So uh, that that's is. why my mother drove it home for me. She kept saying, "Stop eating those things." And the more she said it, the more I ate them, the more I hid them, <laughs> tuck them in every part, like every you. part of my clothes. <laughs> she flung clover and this and that, whatever. 
and that was the beginning. Right. Right, and, that was and, and and you know she was 80-some years old, the woman, and I, sitting on a couch one day, and she said, Linda, you really did benefit by me telling you not to do it, didn't you? <laughs> I said, yeah, Mom, it's the truth. Thanks to you, I continued it. Yep. Well, you know, I think it's really rare to have someone with your knowledge and experience who has gone ahead and shared that information in, in, a, in oh, a book. Oh, you got to, just like you are, John. Well, I'm glad that uh, that you did um, because uh, it's, uh, you know, this information came with a lot of research. It's just not something you just threw together, and you can tell that when you're looking through it. Thank you. Um, that's, why I, that's why I carry, I, I, know when, I know when I got a good book, you know, you know, I, I, I probably have a, I have a lot of herb books, but I've got like a, a, a short list that I reference, and they're all ones by people like yourself that have spent time with the herbs themselves, and they're their own stories, and then, you know, it's not just an encyclopedia of herbs and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. that it's, uh, and, and those are the best books, you know, those ones are the most spirit, and, and, and I, appreci- I really appreciate all that you've shared with the world in and uh, doing and I appreciate doing. you asking me to do this. This has made my day, week, and month really. Oh, thank you. Thank so you, we, sir. Before we say goodbye here, I got a few things I want to say. <laughs> a few important, very important announcements. And hang on, because I'm giving away stuff. <laughs> so don't hang up. Oh, I want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, um, so the good news is, just this week, wild cards are back in print, and um, I have got them, and I'm selling them for less this week for 9.99 right now. Um, and you can even get more off if you buy it with Linda's book, from crabgrass muffins to pine needle tea, and that is on learning herbs, and. Um, Linda's Survival Acre book, uh, which I picked up on lulu.com. That's L-U-L-U.com. It's a, it's a wonderful site where it gives an opportunity for, for independent publishers to put their works on and they kind of print as they go along. You can even download an ebook version of it for 10 bucks, less than 10 bucks, and have it instantly. John, be uh, sure they say A Survival Acre because most people are having oh, trouble. Oh, right. A Survival Acre. When you yeah. go to lulu.com, well, just put Linda Runyon in the search engine. I tried it myself. Oh, does that work? Run- yes, I put Linda Runyon in, and it came right up. Oh. And so, and so, um, it's R U N Y O N, and um, and uh, yeah, so you can get right on that. Uh, so the next announcement is that I am doing a uh, free talk on March 5th in Seattle at the REI flagship store. And you, it's all on plants, obviously. <laughs> and you can, uh, not, it's not on rock climbing. And you can link, you can link to that from the right column of the Learning Herbs homepage. And this is being done through Wilderness Awareness School. Uh, they do talks there every Monday night. Uh, sorry, every one, one Monday night every month, that is. Um, next, Kimberly, my wonderful, beautiful wife, and I are teaching a workshop called Wild Plants and, uh, for Food and Medicine, also through Wilderness Awareness School. It's a weekend event in early May. It uh, includes camping, airport shuttle, food, really good food. Uh, and um, oh, that's we'll great. Two days of hands-on intensive instruction from ourselves. And uh, you can check this out and register once again on our homepage and the links on the right column. Um, and you know, 
If you do sign up for this and it looks good for you, send me an email, and, and I'll send you a copy, a free copy. I carry three herbal charts on my site. I'll send you one of each, one of each chart, no charge. You don't have to mention that to the first every Monday night. Uh, sorry, every one, one Monday night every month, that is. Um, next, Kimberly, my wonderful, beautiful wife, and I are teaching a workshop called Wild Plants and uh, for Food and Medicine, also through Wilderness Awareness School. It's a weekend event in early May. It uh, includes camping, airport shuttle, food, really good food. Uh, and um, yeah, that's we'll great. Two days of hands-on intensive instruction from ourselves. And uh, you can check this out and register once again on our homepage and the links on the right column. Um, and, you know, if you do sign up for this and it looks good for you, send me an email, and, and I'll send you a copy, a free copy. I, I carry three herbal charts on my site. I'll send you one of each, one of each chart, no charge. You don't have to mention that to the school when you register. Something we can do on the side. They don't need to know about it. But I'm really excited about the class, and I want folks from the Learning Herbs community to show up. So um, there's only, uh, I think, 12 more spaces Um so if you're interested uh, and you want to hang out with Kimberly and I and have a good time one weekend and uh, meet us, and, and it'll, I'd love to meet some of you. So uh, pass the word on. Next exciting announcement, uh, Kimberly and I have entered the uh, blogosphere here, meaning we've got a blog on our site now because there's so many times when we want to share something and it doesn't fit into a newsletter. So we have this blank canvas on the website where we can uh, post things that we want to post. Um, and Kimberly just put the first post of a major project she's working on about nutrition and plants, and she put her first post on there, and you can see that, and, and you just go to the website and hit blog on the left side on any page, and it'll bring you there. Um, the next announcement is that we just did a, another batch of 50 kits, you know, and we only have three left from the batch. So if anyone wanted an herbal medicine-making kit, now's the time. There's only a few left. If you see the order form up there still, you know we still got them. And next announcement. Wow, are you busy? I know. I, I have so many. I, I know my horse is keeping me off. But it's so exciting. Uh, uh, the uh, acupuncture clinic in Redmond is open for business. If you live in the east side of Seattle area, you can email me from the site if you want to make an appointment. And finally, the three decks of cards. We're giving away three decks of wild cards tonight. All right. This is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to do it. I'm going to read off the last four digits of three different phone numbers. If that is your phone number, email me off the website and tell me the whole phone number. <laughs> so, for example, if your number is uh, 206-963-5555, you know, send, and I say 5555, just e email me the whole phone number with your address and everything so I can just verify all that. Hmm. And um, and then I will send you out. And if, you, if your phone number ends with two five six eight, email me. If your num if your phone number ends with two two one three, email me. And if your phone number ends with um, one seven three four, you can email me, and then um, we'll do that. And so what I'm just uh, double-checking that and writing this down before those phone numbers disappear from my screen. <laughs> and uh, so those are, the, uh, those are the three people. Once again, 2568-2213 um, and 1734. Um, 
So, Linda, once again, thanks so much uh, for listening to all that, first of all. And thanks Thank for taking you, your, John. That was <laughs> wonderful. Your time and sharing your wisdom. We're, we're all truly honored to, uh, to have been in your presence tonight, and I hope we can uh, do this again sometime. Thank you very, very maybe we'll much. We'll get to meet on your next trip to Seattle. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, no, my brother just moved from there over here to Illinois. Oh, oh. darn, I went to Squim. I loved it there. Oh, that's that's a nice that's a nice part. Well, if you ever make it, or maybe when I you know what more likely, I'm going to be going to. I'll more likely be in New Jersey because I have family on the east. So when I go back east, well, I'll, I got a couple of rooms. Let me tell you, I'm gonna. We're, we're my whole family stopping by. Believe me, we're going to be there. Wonderful. So, um, so that's that's great. Um, all right. So good night, everybody, and thank, thank you. you so much. Bye bye. Bye. Herb Mentor Radio on HerbMentor.com is a production of LearningHerbs.com. Visit LearningHerbs.com for free herbal lessons, including Herb Mentor News, Home Remedy Secrets, and Supermarket Herbalism. You'll also find the Herbal Medicine Making Kit and our board game Wildcraft. Herb Mentor Radio, copyright LearningHerbs.com, all rights reserved. Thanks so much for listening.